What's up, folks of Gator Country? This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist, along with Andrew Spivey. And Florida makes their annual travel to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. At least, that's what I'm still calling it. I don't care what anybody else calls it. To take on the number one and undefeated Georgia Bulldogs. Florida hasn't beaten a number one team since 2008. The same year they put up a 49-10 drubbing on the Georgia Bulldogs. But Georgia, and this is a stat you'll love, Spivey has not beaten Florida every year the Braves have been in the World Series. And I know that's been floating around there on social media. So, Spivey, will Florida keep that World Series record alive this Saturday? Will they break that curse from 2008 that they almost broke in the Swamp Week 3 against Alabama? Spivey, is there a chance, Yeah, you- I mean, we'll see. That's It's an interesting stat, um, for sure. And, you know, you, you look at those stats and – you know, you say they don't mean anything to each other, and they don't. But it's interesting to see for sure. Um, I say this every year: don't don't predict this game, don't bet on this game, don't nope. predict this game. Weird things happen. Treon Harris beat Georgia twice. Yeah, yeah. Will Muschamp ran the ball like ninety percent of the time and beat you know this game twice. This is rivalry game football, and again, you know. Dan Mullins play calling in the Vandy game, Dan Mullins play Dan Mullins play calling in the um uh LSU game, the Kentucky game was borderline bad is the best way to say it. Yeah. But in these games, he gets himself up for it. And I said this before the Alabama game, and I'll say it again. Dan Mullen is to watch the chess match between Dan Mullen and great football coaches is incredible. I love to see it. Um, I love to see how he matches up with Saban. Um, Florida had no business last year scoring on that Alabama defense like they did in the SEC championship game. They did. Um, So we'll see. There'll be something in this game. There'll be a wrinkle or something that that Mullen sees in, in, in this defense or against this defense that he can do. It'll be something it always is. Uh, we talk about it and we can go back to it. You know, it's either the tight ends or or the running back wheel route. He's done that against Kirby a lot. There'll be something in this game that he does that'll get this offense moving. Will it get it moving enough? We'll see. Can the defense stop a really good Georgia rushing attack? We'll see. But as far as getting the offense going, the offense will be fine, I, I think, in this game. Yeah, I'm not really too worried about offense this game. It's more the defense that I'm really worried about, especially after last week giving up 321 rushing yards to LSU. I know that some players that came out and said they were just following the game plan, some of them were upset. Who knows? Obviously, Todd Grand was going to have a different game plan, you know, after the old LSU drubbing that happened last week. But I'm really, I'm, I'm not worried about offense as much as this game is. But I am worried about who trots out there a quarterback starting the game, but I, I, I think Dan Mullen's pretty smart. And even though we're pissed off at Dan Mullen right now, and he says things in his press conferences that we don't like, he's not going to give anything away. And I think he's smart enough to know that Anthony Richardson gives him the best chance to win this football game. I, I, I can't say that without a shadow of a doubt. I, I think he's going to start. If he doesn't start Emory or Anthony Richardson right off the bat, I think he's going to at least put Emory in there for a little bit, and Anthony Richardson will probably play the rest of this game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, You know, personally, if I was a betting man, I'd say Emory comes out for the first snap of the game. Um, I think Anthony ends up taking more snaps than Emory does. Um, you know, and, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, I know Anthony Richardson's taken a little bit um, more of the first team reps this this week than he has in the past. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Obviously, um, you know, it just it really depends on on the game, the flow of the game, in my opinion. And, and that, and I say that in okay, if Emory comes out hot, you ride it. You ride the hot hand. If he comes out and, and and he goes really slow, then you have to get him out and get Anthony in. So we'll we'll see just kind of how the quarterback play goes early on. Because when Emory gets hot, he can he can do it. He can win you a football game. But when Emory gets rattled, that's when it's bad. Um, you know, and if Anthony comes out early on and struggles, then you've got to go with Emory a little bit. You've got to go into this game thinking whatever quarterback at that particular time gives you the best chance to win that series. You got to go with it. It may be where we look at the end of the game and it's 50, 50 
But if Florida yeah. gets the win, not a soul's going to care about it. Yeah, I if if he rolls out Emory and Emory can drive the football down the field and score, and if he ro- if he rolls him out there again, I'm not going to be opposed to that. But uh, you know, when you see Anthony Richardson, man, just the the film comes off the tape, and it's just like, oh my god, this guy is elite. He's amazing. But at the same time, I'm kind of the same way. If there's a hot hand out there, Dan Mullen said it. He's going to roll with the hot hand. And he said that last week when he brought Richardson in. Dan's not going to give anything away, but I'll tell you this. Dan Mullen does not like Kirby Smart. And Kirby Smart does not like Dan Mullen. So they both want to win this game. And the players, they get up for this game. No matter what rank that they are, whether you're number one, unranked, 15, 20, it doesn't matter. These players get up for this game. And this is an important game to both of these players. It's all for pride. This game is for pride, no matter where anybody's ranked, whether national championship implications are on it or not. These teams both want to win this game, and these coaches want to win this game. So I'm interested to see what Dan Mullen's game plan is, too. He always has something up his sleeve for Kirby Smart. He's shown it every single year that he's been out there. And these games between Dan Mullen and Kirby Smart have been close. I mean, you go back to 2019, that was a seven-point game. Uh, 2018 was kind of a blowout towards the end, but... You know, that game was close with the talent that Dan Mullen had. It, You know, you got to the fourth quarter, and that's when it kind of, you know, the defense started getting worn down and Georgia started scoring on them. And then, obviously, 2020, we know the drubbing that Georgia, or Florida put on uh, Georgia that year. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, man. Uh, Dan Mullen really, like you said, gets his team up for this game. And, uh, you know, both offenses right now, I can't say that Georgia's offense is exactly humming because they get a lot of their points off turnovers, but their offense is pretty, it's pretty average. And that's all you really need for a good defense like they have. That's only given up 6.6 points per game. And uh, on the board, if you look at offensive points per game, they're pretty even. Georgia's at 38.4 average per game. It's good for 10th. Florida is at 34.4 average points per game. So both offenses evenly across the board. And I know that, you know, we'll get into defense later, but, Speaking of, you know, I want to stay on offense here. Uh, Anthony Richardson's putting up elite numbers. Um, LSU drove the ball down the field four times, four touchdowns, 13 minutes. Yeah. I don't see a part of this game where you don't stick Anthony Richardson in for some drives, two, three, four drives. I just don't yeah. think it's going to be a 50-50 game. I think you're going to see more Anthony Richardson than you do Emory Jones. Well, I, I think, again, I think it just – I think it just depends on kind of how the game flow goes. And, and I say that, and, and I know people do not want to hear it and, and I, and I get it. I, I, I get it. You know, it's um, Anthony Richardson has looked better at, at a lot of times and I, and, I, and I get that and I understand that, but I also will say that it depends on how the game goes. And, and I, and I say that just for the simple fact that, okay, yes, I, I get that you're, you know, you're not exactly playing for anything in this game. I, I, I get all that. But at the same time, you want to win this football game for a couple of reasons. A, knock off the number one team in Georgia. Um, you know, put a knock into their ability to go, you know, to the playoffs, even though they, they you know, that'll still be there. But you also, you know, on the recruiting trail, when you're going to face Georgia, you can also go out and say, Hey, we beat Georgia. Um, like you said, Dan Mullen and Kirby smart. There's no love loss between the two zero. Um, so again, I, I think that Florida's game plan has got to be to go in there. And I don't, I don't think you can go in there and try to run the ball down Georgia's throat. I just don't see that happening. No. For one, Georgia's too stout up front. You're going to have to get creative. Now, the the good thing for Florida is this, and that is you're not facing a Georgia offense that's overly explosive. Um, They're a good offense. They're a good offense. Uh, They're more of a running offense for sure Um, in this, you know, this season. um, You know, you have the question marks with JT Daniels. You have the question mark with Stetson Bennett, who's going to play. You know, there's some talk that they may split a little bit. So, you know, we'll see kind of where that goes as well. Um, So you're not exactly scared of Georgia's offense. Um, I mean, maybe you are because it depends if, if the LSU defense shows up, then yeah, you are scared. But um, again, you go into this game and you're going to find a weakness. And and obviously Mullen's a lot smarter than me when it comes to, to, to the offense and calling and He sees a lot of it more than I do. But again, the wheel routes have been very good for Florida. 
uh, against Georgia, against Kirby Smart. They've been very good against Alabama, and Nick and Kirby run a pretty similar uh, style of defense. Um, you know, your, your stand pass is going to be there. I, I think if you're going in this game, you're going to definitely look at some speed option. Um, with either Emory or Anthony, whoever it may be. I think you're definitely going to look at some swing passes to the, to the tailback there. Um, it wouldn't shock me at all if you see more of the jet sweeps come in with a Cope or, or a Whittemore, um, that kind of stuff, because the, the, the key in this game is to get the ball fastest outside of the outside of the tackle box. You've got to get it outside the tackle box. You, you've got to make the, the secondary for this Georgia team, who is improved, make the plays and win the ball game. You cannot allow Georgia's front seven to win this football game because if you do, they will win the football game. That's how good they are. That's that's why Kentucky struggled there. Kentucky tried to line up, which it's what Kentucky does, line up there. And, and another key for me is this, and that is you've got to make Georgia respect that you can throw it over their heads. You've got yep. to make them respect. If not, you allow nine guys in the box every time in this game, it's going to be a long day for this offense. And that's where, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson brings a good big dynamic to the table, man. He can throw it deep. We've seen it. He can throw it intermediate routes really quick. We've seen it. And the guy can run. He can run a 4-4. And if you put in some design run plays, you can probably be able to rush the ball as well. But I, like you said, you're not running up the middle on this defensive line or Georgia. I don't see it. Jordan Davis is a monster. And they got all monsters like lined up on that defensive line. I don't see it. And, and maybe it may be one of those off games where you don't think Florida can run the ball right up the middle, and they do somehow. Bring you back to the 2014 game. We didn't think Florida's going to win that game. We didn't think they were going to rush 400 yards either on Georgia. You never know. These types of games, and, I, and this is why I love the Jacksonville game so much, is there's always surprises in this game. You always think that one team might have the upper hand on the other team, and it seems that way, but then they do something to, to make you say, wow, I, I didn't expect that. It happens every time that we go into Jacksonville, and you're talking about rushing the yards right now. Uh, Georgia is rushing 193.1 yards on average each game, which is 36th in the nation. Florida's still third in the nation and rushing the football at 254.6 yards per game. That's pretty ridiculous, man, considering that we haven't really been able to run the ball uh, the past couple of games against Kentucky and, 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 and L- well, LSU, we kind of had success with the run, and I don't know why we didn't, we kind of got away from that, but I guess because we got too far behind. But, you know, you're looking at that and you're like, wow, Florida was really running the ball really well at the beginning of the season. Even against Alabama, they were doing pretty well. And then it kind of tapered off a little bit. And I think the the, the main reason why is, uh, you know, and I, and I hate to say that Naquan Wright, I love Naquan Wright, good all-around running back. Malik Davis, he's been hurt. I want to see more Damian Pierce. I think Damian Pierce is the best running back on this team right now, starting all-around power. Uh, got, he has some decent wheels, too. I didn't realize how much of wheels he had until I uh, watched that LSU game. But you're also going to have to get these running backs catching passes out of the backfield, and I think that's what you can burn Georgia on as well. Uh, if you look at the Auburn game, so many guys open in the backfield for Auburn and Bo Nix, and they drop the football. Lots of drops from Auburn receivers. So, uh, you know, Florida's – I mean, Georgia's net hasn't been tested in their secondary that much. Uh, they play teams like Arkansas who can't throw the ball really well. And and you know what? Here, I even compiled a stat here that uh, a season quarterback stats from UGA opponents. Each QBR, 38.6, 46.0, 34.8, 17.7, 71.6, and 72.3. Those are all the QBRs from the quarterbacks that Georgia has played this season. So I averaged up all the QBRs from Florida and Georgia Florida's average QBR rating that they've faced all year is a 58.7, and that's from all the quarterbacks in seven games. Georgia's 40.1. So Georgia really honestly, on paper, if you average it out, really hasn't played really good quarterbacks. Bo Nix, we've seen him. He's okay. He's not great. He's not elite. Kentucky's quarterback, I didn't think he was that good, to be honest. I don't think he... I, I never thought Kentucky's offense was that good, to be honest. So really, what offenses or quarterbacks has Georgia played all year none yeah I mean you, you know you, you can break that down <laughs> excuse me you can break that down and, and you know listen I, I get the stats are the stats and you know they tell a lot um you know obviously I'm giving some, know, hope instance, some hope man with Kentucky you know you you you, you did not expect them to pass the ball 
Um, Arkansas got down huge. Um, Auburn got down. Um, so you had to go there. Um, I mean, obviously, it's like any big game that you play in, and and that is you have to win the three phases of the game, and you cannot you cannot have drop passes, especially on big plays. Um, you, you cannot turn the ball over. Um, again, that's the easiest way for Georgia to take over this football game. It's the easiest way for Florida to to get turnovers and and get some short field and have three or four play drives in, in this because I I don't know that you can have multiple. 12 14 play drives against this defense i i don't i don't think that that's that that's going to happen uh maybe i'm completely wrong um i just don't so i i think again if you can get some short fields and have three four five play drives boom it's a lot easier obviously um so you've got to win the three phases of the game there uh again i and i, I say this again uh, you just you've got to find a way to get outside the box for this team that you've got to get outside that that front seven there. You cannot allow their interior guys mainly to take over the game. And then you've got to make those DBs respect it. You cannot allow those DBs to creep in and become, you know, extra tacklers, extra defenders in the running game. You, if yeah. you do that, you're going to have a long day. And I think that's a big key early on early on and it would not even surprise me if Dan didn't come out and try to, you know, let the air out of the ball a little bit early and, and, and try to throw it deep a little bit and, and show the uh, Georgia secondary, hey, Emory or Anthony can throw it over your head. And if you don't respect it, it'll be a long day for you. We know Cope can go get it. We know Whittemore can go get it. Jaquavion Frazier says Shoney can get it. And Xavier Henderson has the speed to do it. So you can do that and it comes off play action because – if Anthony Richardson is in, George is obviously going to challenge him to throw the ball. Yeah. If Emory's in, they're definitely going to challenge him to throw the ball because he hasn't shown the ability and he hasn't been allowed the ability to throw the ball over 20 yards. So um, whoever it is has got to make sure that they use the entire field and make sure that they keep it outside the box as much as possible. Make Georgia's defensive ends who have struggled in the past of keeping contained, make those guys play assignment football. And if it does, they do start playing assignment football, that's when you can start hitting the plays like LSU did, where you start allowing that defensive end to come up and you hit your counter through there, and you have a long day there. So, again, it'll be interesting to see, though, where Dan goes. Uh, You know, again, the chess match he does is always fun. Um, I want to flip it, though, and and that is defensively. Yeah, let's go defense, man. You've got to, got to, got to, got to make Georgia put it in the air. You've got to. If you allow Georgia to sit on the ball, take the air out, and hand it off to to their running backs of Cook and and Zamir White and Kendall Milton, if you allow those guys to take over the game and just sit there and run and run and run and run all day like you did against LSU, it's going to be a long game. But if you make Bennett and you make JT Daniels put it in the air – I, I think good things can happen there. I mean, they haven't shown the ability to throw consistently all year. Bennett has a noodle of an arm about like Max Johnson, and we'll see how healthy JT Daniels is. He's had an upper shoulder injury. So can he, can he do it? I, I don't know, but that's a, that is not going to happen unless you can go in and shut this running game down. And, you know, we've seen in the past where when teams started running against them, it hasn't been able to be stopped. We've seen it against the LSU game. You've got, to figure that out you've got to figure out your middle linebacker play is it going to be moon and diabate if hopper's going to get some play there is wingo maybe going to get some play there you've got to get some bodies in the middle of that uh defense to stop this running game and not allow them just to run the ball because that's what they want to do they want to run the ball play good defense yeah and you don't think that they're watching tape from last week and how you couldn't counter the counter play (laughs) right so yeah, they're going to be trying to run the ball, and that's their bread and butter anyway. Let's let's be honest. I mean, Stetson Bennett went through a game where I think he only threw seventy three yards because uh, yeah, it was the Arkansas game. They beat the crap right. out of Arkansas because they could run the ball down their throat and play good defense and special teams. And uh, you know, another thing in stopping the run, as you talked about, is missed tackles. Those are the biggest things. And and, and I did the stats on this, and I, I about wanted to puke when I did it. Missed tackles through twenty twenty one, Florida, eighty two, averaging eleven point seven. Missed tackles per game. You know how many tackles Georgia's missed all year? 28. Wow. Four average wow. missed tackles per game. Yeah. So those players yeah. are fast. They're gripping on you, and they're taking you down. 
That's why Georgia's defense is so good because they don't miss tackles. They cause turnovers. They don't allow anybody to throw the football. They don't even give time to people to throw the football. And that's where this offensive line is going to have to come in too. This offensive line is going to have to give the quarterback some kind of time to throw the football if we're ever going to throw the football deep. And here lately, the offensive line has been a little shaky. But to uh, some of the offensive line stats I did run yesterday, they haven't given up that many quarterback sacks primarily because our quarterbacks are dual threats or quarterback hits. Uh, I believe it was Kingsley. Uh, I believe I ran a stat on Twitter. He had given up the least amount of it was zero sacks, one quarterback hurry. I think it was like two quarterback hits. That's where like the quarterback gets contact, but he doesn't go down. He shakes it off and, and, and keeps running or doing something else. He had the best stats out of the sacks out there. So uh, sacks and offensive line. So uh, props out to him there for having some of the best offensive line stats. A guy that was ranked 600 in the nation in the 2019 class. He's really showing out this year. He's really starting to, um, you know, make some blocks for these quarterbacks. And Well, I think the biggest thing for for him is, you know, having having a guy like Stuart Reese, who's a little bit of a veteran, um, you know, to the right of him. And I know Stuart struggled some this year, but having that um, veteran presence beside him has helped him a lot. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is what is the help of Garage and Ethan White? You know, both of them are scheduled to play in this game. But what are the health? Um, yeah. You know, you you look at Garage in the LSU game, and you know BJ Ojoari just dominated him, and you know that wasn't happening early on. I mean, Garage struggled some this year, but that hasn't happened. So, what is his health? He's had you know what almost fourteen days now um, to to rehab and, and get ready uh, to rest a, a little bit. And the same thing with Ethan White. So, you know, you need that side of your line to be good, especially. Ethan Kingsley and Stewart, when you talk about, you know, Jordan Davis and the other guys that uh, Georgia have up the middle, that's going to cause some problems if you allow them to cause problems. So, you know, the, 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 um, the health and the depth, and, you know, you're going to need Braun, you're going to need Michael Tarquan, you're going to need some depth in this game to go. And, you know, again, you, we look at this and, you know, I, I said it myself, I, I'm a victim of this and that is, uh, or I, I'm a, not a victim of it, but I'm saying this as well. And, and that is that they have to get outside the box. But if, if white and those guys can just come out with that fire that they had in the Alabama game that they had early on in the, in the season and, and gets them a little bit of a run, then, then you can open more things up, but you've got to come out with that fire uh, in your eyes and that, you know, uh, just, I want to whip you kind of mindset ahead of you. And, and if they can do that, then, you know, you open up a new ball game, but like you said, you've got to, got to, got to give whoever it is, whether it's Emory, whether it's Anthony, whoever it may be, you've got to give those guys some time uh, to allow those routes. You know, you can't throw a deep ball if you only have one second to throw a ball. And that happened a little bit in the, in the LSU game. So whatever it may be that they've got to do to keep this Georgia defensive line off of the quarterback, they kind of have to do it. Whether that's going to more, you know, almost this three receivers running a route, three guys in route, um, and that's keeping a tight end or keeping your tailback in pass pro, whatever it may be, you're going to have to do that to give your quarterback more time to throw the ball and to throw it deep. Because, again, I think whoever can take the top off this defense is going to be successful. Yeah, another key to this game, too, that worries me about Georgia, and they've blocked a lot of kicks, a lot of kicks, and uh, special teams. Special teams for Georgia yeah. is pretty good. They've, they've got some pretty good special teams, guys. And right I now, heard a stat the other day that they missed their first PAT uh, against Auburn in something like six years. Six or years. Or something. Yeah, it was like 500 and some PATs in a row they had made before they missed a PAT in the Auburn game. That's some pretty good kicking. I mean, it is pretty easy to kick a PAT, though. Uh, you yeah, would, but you, you think, think about it. That's having zero blocks, zero shanks. You know, that's a lot of things going your way to to not have. And, and think about all the kickers they went. I mean, I think it was four kickers they had been through um, in that time. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's pretty but good. I, I'm with you that you have to protect, um, you know, field goal, field goal block. You, you've got to, you know, punt the ball well and, and then go cover it. And, you know, it'd be nice to get some run on punt return um to to get yeah. a little bit on on kick return it'd be nice to get a little bit of that you've had a bye week to kind of you know look at that 
stuff. And, you know, when you have a bye week, you can definitely look at special teams and, you know, look at what's working and what's not working. But like any big game, if you can't win special teams, you're probably not going to win. You look at the Alabama game, special teams was the difference in that ball game. Yeah, and I look at special teams, and I've I've harped on it all year. I'll harp on it a little bit more this podcast. If you look at special teams, and I'm wondering if Dan Mullen's going to do something this week on special teams, if he's going to switch some staff up just to see if maybe, you know, you got two five-star running backs sitting there on, on the bench, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he uses them, or even Finley Graham. And uh, I'm hoping we'll see something different on kickoff returns, even punt returns, I don't know. But to me, I put it into an analogy for somebody. I said, look. It's like when you got that 40 or 50 or 60-year-old guy that's in his midlife crisis, right? And he goes out and he buys a sports car, say like a Corvette, a Z06 Corvette that's like six, seven, eight hundred 800 horsepower. And then he goes out on the street and just drives at 40 miles an hour everywhere. Um, you've got all that horsepower, and it's just sitting there going to waste. So you've got all that horsepower on the bench. It's sitting there going to waste. Put it out there on special teams, man. We need somebody quick. No offense to Henderson. He doesn't look that fast out there. Um, we already saw what the Jamarcus Weston experiment was. We don't want to see that again. So let's see if we can get some different people out there returning kicks and maybe throw this Georgia team off balance, not thinking that we're going to make something happen on special teams. Now, I know Georgia likes to kick it out of the end zone a lot, but it would be nice to see some different staff on special teams. Yeah, I mean, th- I think that's the key too, though, is that the the ability to return on kick return is pretty much gone nowadays, yeah. you know, with all the new rules of the blindside block and, you know, also being able to fair catch it anywhere and, you know, still get the ball in the 25 and, you know, all that stuff that goes into and in, into protecting and making the game safer and everything else you want to make of the game. Listen, I love kick return. I think it's come back, it. but that's neither here nor there. It, it kind of, dilutes that a little bit um you know obviously you can find some areas to to make those plays there um but i think the biggest thing is punt return and that's not allowing you know not losing yards by allowing the ball to bounce and just roll um then and and also gaining a little bit i mean there's many a times where you know Florida will will have it and they'll run back and forth to try to make things happen so you got to have that there but the biggest thing to me is just on punt too and and you know, you've seen it a couple of times where the ball should be down at the one or the two and it hasn't happened. Um, it's when in the end zone because guys either weren't looking or didn't make it down there in time um, or shank punts. You've had a couple of those. Can't have that happen. You've got to make Georgia drive the length of the field as much as you can. Field position wins a lot of ball games, and field position can be big in this game as well when you talk about how good Georgia's defense is and how Florida's offense has been inconsistent at being able to drive the ball uh kickoff as well you can't have any balls that on kickoff to go out of bounds that's just free yards that you're just giving away right and something else florida's been inconsistent on and i hate this stat with a passion just because we suck so bad in it turnover margin per game georgia plus 0.4 per game at 35th in the nation florida minus one at 119th in the nation. And now I know it's because of Emory Jones' nine interceptions, but there's no reason why Florida should be ranked 119th in the nation in total turnover margin. And this is these are the things that swing games. Special teams play is something people don't really think about. Turnovers really swing the game. Obviously, you can stop the offense and get your offense back on the field quick. I want to see some kind of turnovers from this Florida defense. Yeah. I mean, you've got to, you've got to figure out ways, you know, and and obviously having the offense turn the ball over some has not helped the turnover margin. Um, You know, obviously, you know, having the, what is it? Seven, seven or nine interceptions on the year. Um, You you can't have that happen. You you just, you can't. Uh, And you know, you only have six takeaways. And so, yeah, you, like you said, you're, you're minus seven. Uh, You cannot have that happen um, and and expect your turnover margin to be good. Um, You know, if your offense didn't turn the ball over much, you're probably going to have a good turnover ratio. Uh, but you haven't seen a lot of, you know, guys being able to get to the quarterback and force, you know, a, either an errant throw or be able to hit the quarterback to where the ball goes 
you know, just straight up in the air or whatever. And then you haven't seen a lot of guys really wrapping up and trying to strip the ball. You know, obviously you haven't been wrapping up period because it's been, you know, kind of tough uh, to wrap up with all the missed tackles, like you said. So you've got to figure out ways. And, uh, you know, obviously in a, in a rivalry game with a lot of emotion in this game, you know, you get a turnover or two and that can swing the momentum in a heartbeat. And like I said, if you can get some short fields for Florida, you're really good. You're in really good shape. But then vice versa, if you give Georgia short fields, just like in the Alabama game, they're going to cash it in and you're going to be back to square one of having to go 75 yards against a good Georgia defense. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, man. And, you know, for all those guys out there that, I guess, you know, don't like Todd Grantham. Uh, well, Todd Grantham can redeem himself this game. <laughs> if he Well, I mean, and listen, I'm a, I'm a Todd I'm on the Todd Grantham, you know, bandwagon of okay, this has got to stop um as well. Uh kind of thing. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of things and we'll get into this later on of why he struggles in my opinion. I think there's too many tweeners, yada yada yada. Um but at times, at times, Todd calls a good game. Yeah. At times, he calls a game where you just want to scratch your head and say, are you watching the football game that I'm watching? Are you playing Madden and thinking something else? You know, I, I don't know what that – I don't know what that fix is because I, you don't have a middle linebacker. Yeah. Diabate and Moon are not middle linebackers. They're both rush outside linebackers. They just are what they are. Um, you've got to figure out a way – to, to get some bodies there and you know you I, and it was concerning a little bit in the Georgia game I mean in the LSU game where the defensive tackles just did not get any pressure push whatever it may be um, you didn't see Gervin Dexter play a lot in that game you didn't see Big Des play a lot in that game maybe that's the the fix you know Valentin uh, Truesdale and uh, who am I missing? Newkirk. None of those three guys really had much of an impact in the LSU game. No, you need your defensive tackle to, to have an impact in this game. Uh, you know, obviously, Trading and Rashard Torrance are going to have a lot of tackles at that safety position, but you want your middle linebacker. This is a game where Ventrell Miller put up 15 tackles with ease. So you got to figure out a way to replace that. Yeah. And, and DeWan Black, didn't he play linebacker a little bit too? I mean, yeah, but again, he's undersized. Yeah, he's undersized he for a undersized. for a middle linebacker. You know, really, the only guy that I think is big enough to play middle linebackers, Wingo. And there's been a lot of, you know, trust issues of him playing out there a ton in meaningful minutes. So what, you know, it, did you get that fixed there in the, the bye week? I, you know, I, I think not. Um, so, you know, we'll see there. Uh, and, and the thing is for Georgia is their running backs can run too out of the backfield uh, and catch the ball uh, from the backfield. So you've got to be able to, you know, stop that as well. You can't just focus on that. And we've seen that a couple of years ago where the tight ends and running backs were the, you know, leading receivers for a Georgia team, especially when Stetson Bennett's in the game and he's not wanting to throw the ball deep and screen passes. Can't forget screen passes with the Kirby smart uh, team. Yeah. Screen passes in the flats where Florida has struggled pretty much all yeah. year, which is not a good thing, but you know, there is hope. There is hope. And I'll yeah, I mean, I, like I said before, this is a game that it, you can throw records, you can throw rankings, you can throw everything out the door. This is I, I, these are two teams that absolutely hate each other. I would say they probably hate each other a little more than Florida, Florida State, especially with the way Florida State's struggling. Um, I definitely think that this coaching staff, these coaching staffs hate each other more. They love to rally each other up on the trail, um, the recruiting trail that is. So, you know, and here's the thing. And, you know, everyone, including myself, you know, we want to we, – we question and we're wondering where – the focus is from Mullen. I don't think Mullen's checked out. Let me let me say that. But, you know, people are saying, hey, he's checked out. I don't think he's checked out. It's it's tough to check out as a head football coach at a big-time program unless you're a loser. And I don't think Dan Mullen's that. Uh, so you're, it's going to be interesting to kind of see where everyone is as a team. Um, again, you're playing Georgia, who's your biggest rival right now. You know, you could throw Florida State out the window. They're not winning very much. Tennessee's not winning very much. Um, LSU is is a rival, but still, Georgia's your biggest rival right now. You've got to figure out a way to play your best game on Saturday. You've got to come out the gate sharp. 
can't have one of those slow starts like you've had against Bama where you're looking at 21 to nothing. Because if you're looking at 21 to nothing, it's going to be bad news, most likely. I mean, the Alabama game only happens every so often. So you've got to figure out a way to come out, and, and you've got to figure out a way to play for, for pride. And, you know, while you're not playing for an SEC championship, you're not playing for a national championship this year, you've got to find a way to come out with pride. Play for that gator on your on your front and play for that name on your back. And for the coaching staff, I mean, listen, there's a lot of guys – be played for. If Todd Grantham is not back next year, he's playing for a job next year. If Christian Robinson is not back as the linebacker coach, if David Turner is not back as defensive line coach, they're playing for jobs. You're you're playing for something. You're always playing for something unless you're retiring and going home, which then you want to go to play to go out on the high notes. So you're playing for something. How you respond in that first quarter is going to be big after a bye week. Yeah, you definitely can't go 14 points down like you did last year because you don't have Kyle Trask passing the ball. You don't have Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts and that tandem out there that could score like 40 points per game. Uh, now, you do have Anthony Richardson. We won't we don't know how good he is. We've seen him against LSU. We've seen him we've seen him against mediocre to bad defenses. This will be the toughest defense that he faces all year. Granted, he's looked pretty Well, elite. you have to see how he's going to bounce back. Okay, if he has an early turnover, how does he bounce back? Yeah, and and he's a young kid, so right. what, how's it going to rattle him if he comes out on the first drive and throws a pick? How's it going right. to rattle him? How's it going to rattle me as a fan? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I'm the one that has to keep calm, or he's the one that has to keep calm. I don't have to. So how's it going to rattle me as a fan? So, uh, I mean, we'll see, man. Uh, you know, with- Well, and here's the thing, too, and, and, I, and I'm not one of those who – I don't, I don't believe the team has picked a side or are picking sides at quarterback. If, if you told Jacob Copeland, and I'm using him for an example because he's a receiver, that you're going to go out there and win the game with Emory Jones, you're going to go out there and win the game with Anthony Richardson. He probably says, I don't give a crap. Whoever's going to win me the football game and whoever can get the ball to me. That's probably what he's going to say. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think that there's that. But I want to see – the the energy level to be up like it was late in the second half of that LSU game where guys are bouncing around, uh, where guys are ready to go. Whether that's Emory in the game, whether that's Anthony Richardson in the game, whether whoever that may be in the game, I want to see it. I want to see the different sets too because you can bet your money there's going to be some different formations, some different sets in this game that we haven't seen, and it's going to happen. There's going to be a two running back situation out there. there may, heck, there may be a situation where Richardson and Emory are out there together. It wouldn't shock me a bit if they were if both of those guys didn't start the first play of the game so Mullen could say, hey, listen, both of them started, so what do you want? Yeah, like I said, Dan doesn't give anything away. I don't I don't understand why people are always still concerned about what he says in a press conference because it's it's all lies anyway. He's going to start who he thinks the best is going to be. Coach it's coach talk. It's coach talk. It's coach really speak. Coach I mean, speak. you don't want to give away your quarterback who you're going to play. Heck, like Kirby Smart didn't want to give it away, and I don't yeah. blame him. I mean, make them both play and prepare. Um, you know, Georgia and Kirby Smart know the same thing we do, and that is Anthony Richardson in the LSU game looked better than Emory. Then you can look back at that Alabama game and say, hey, Emory looked pretty good. So you've got to prepare for both. And, again, it, this football team on Saturday is going to need Emory Jones just as much as they need Anthony Richardson. And I know most people don't want to say that, and I know most people don't want to admit that, but I think both of those guys are keys to Florida winning the football game on Saturday. Yeah, and, and there was a stat floating around there. I think Dave Waters had posted it. It was uh, Jacob Copeland's production when Emory Jones is at quarterback and Jacob Copeland's production when Anthony Richardson's at quarterback and the numbers were very vastly different. So, and you know, I, I know that you've said that some of the receivers, they've been quiet all year. They can't get separation. I, I think they're getting separation. They're just not getting the football. That's just me. Yeah. That's on me. I, I don't know. I, I just know Anthony Richardson's your best vertical passing quarterback, especially on the left and the right sides of the field. Well, and I see this is where I – this is where I'm at a little bit too. And and again, I'm not I'm not team Anthony and I'm not team Emory. I'm I'm team whoever wins the football game. And um I, you know, I still don't think Dan's cut Emory loose to throw the ball downfield. I, I don't. I don't think that he has that, but we'll we'll definitely see that. Uh you know, Anthony's going to get tested on Saturday. What? Anthony's going to show whether or not he can handle it 
or not. He he is. He's going to have that opportunity in this game. There is zero doubt in my mind that both quarterbacks play and play a good bit in this game. I don't know that it's 50-50 or 60-40. I don't know. But I think both quarterbacks are going to play in this game, and both quarterbacks are going to have something designed for them when they're in the game that is different to take advantage of whatever it may be for Georgia. And you can get, you can bet that Georgia's going to have something defensively. They're going to twist, stunt, move guys around and blitz differently when Anthony Richardson is in the game because he's a young quarterback who hasn't seen it as much. You're going to see different things with Emory in the game. Yeah, good news, though, about that. A quarterback sack per game. Uh, Florida and Georgia are actually neck and neck. Georgia's fourth. Yeah. UF's fifth, averaging 0.7 and 0.6 sacks per game between both of them. So we're not allowing a lot of quarterback sacks, and neither is Georgia. So something's got to give here. And maybe nothing gives. Maybe both defensive and offensive lines just play really well, and there's just a stalemate at the line of scrimmage every play. And then we just get a fair quarterback play game. Who knows, maybe. right? Um, let's, uh, let's go pick some players, man. It's been two weeks. Um, I'll let you go first this oh, week. Uh, let's pick some guys. You're going to put me on the spot. You know what? I am going to go ahead and pick O. Kingsley. I, you know, he's been playing really well on the offensive line. He was number one in pass blocking efficiency and total pressures allowed. So I'm going to pick Kingsley Iguakin, and I hope I said that name right, because if I didn't, yeah. you, you, can, you can tag me on Twitter and virtually slap me in the face. There you go. Um, I think I'm going to go with a running back, and I'm going to go Damian Pierce this week. I yes. think, uh, you know, it's a, it's a Georgia game for him. Uh, it's a big Georgia game for him. Uh, you know, he's a Georgia native himself. Last game for him against his rival. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Damian Pierce. I think Damian, if the running backs are going to get going, it's going to be Damian Pierce. I am going to go with Kamori Gamble. Uh I saw a lot of plays where Kamori Gamble was open at LSU game, and sometimes he didn't get the ball, but when Anthony Richardson was in that game, he got it, and he got open. So I'm going to go with Kamori Gamble. And even last year against that Georgia defense, boy got open out there after Kyle Pitts was, uh, was injured there. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, give a, uh, a guy that maybe not a lot of people are looking at. I'm giving Kamori Gamble my, uh, my second pick here. I'm going to go with a guy on defense and Trey Dean, another Georgia native. Um, yep. You're you're going to have opportunities at safety to make plays in the running game. You're going to have opportunities in the uh, in this game in the passing game because they're going to test you across the middle some on RPOs and that kind of stuff across the middle. You're going to have your opportunity. So um, if Florida's going to do well on defense, trading is going to be a big part of it. I'm going with the man that everybody wants to pick, including me, and that's Anthony Richardson. That's my guy. Okay. I think okay. Anthony Richardson uh, puts up some some points on Georgia, uh, some unexpected points, to, to be honest, because Georgia never has a quarterback score on them, and it'll be their toughest quarterback that they've played with a QBR of 94.7. So I'm going to pick Anthony Richardson. We'll go with Whittemore, uh, Gainesville kid, too. Um, I think, you know, I, again, this game is going to be about the little things. Um and Whittemore seems to be in the right spot at the right time a lot of times. And, you know, you're going to do different things with Whittemore, whether it's the jet sweep, whether it's the stand pass, screen pass, what kind of – all that different things that you're going to do. So I like Whittemore um, here. Um, I don't have a ton of confidence in the deep ball yet to pick a guy like Cope or Henderson or Frazier's, but I, I think the underneath stuff um, will be a big focus, and uh, I think Whittemore will be kind of the beneficiary there. I like that pick. Whittemore, man. Uh, make some plays there, man. I, I would love to see some plays from some of these receivers and these tight ends that you don't normally see, and I think Dan Mullen's going to do it because there's not a lot of film on those guys. If he can stick those guys out there against that Georgia defense, who knows what will happen, you know? Maybe a little shovel pass to Keon. Yeah, you know, uh, you saw last year in the game last year, he stuck guys in there that you haven't even seen. Like, yeah. I'm wondering if Whittemore gets another trick pass play. Maybe. Hey, Maybe. Mike. There you go. See, you're smart on that pick. Uh, we'll see. Uh, let's pick some games around the country. A decent slate of games. Not not overly great, but decent slate. Um, probably the biggest one, well, the biggest one. Number six, Michigan, goes up to Michigan State with uh, Mel Tucker, who is getting a lot of uh, pub for some big jabs. Yeah. Um, Michigan goes in as a four-point favorite in the game. Uh, 
It's at state. What you got? Man, I'll, I'll tell you this. Just going by like stats on paper, and I know that stats are one half of the game. The actual eye test is the other half. Um, I'm going to go Michigan, man. Um, they're pretty even across the board. Uh, I'm not even sure, though, if Michigan is as good as they think they are or what the yeah. media thinks they are. But I'll go Michigan anyway. I think they're a little bit better team than Michigan State, but I could be wrong. I'm going to go with uh, Mel Tucker and Michigan State at home. Um, Harbaugh always finds to lose games and he shouldn't lose. And uh, I, I, I feel good on State. I, I think Mel Tucker's a great coach. I think he's one of the up and rising guys that we're going to see. So I'm going to go State in this game in a, uh, I guess, oh. mild upset. Oh, wow. They Michigan State's got a running back that's almost rushed 1,000 yards. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah, notice that. <laughs> pretty uh, pretty good. And, I mean, again, this is a game that, you know, it's expected to be, you know, cold up there. Um, you, you're, you know, your Big Ten football uh, where you're going to run it down somebody's throat. So, maybe that's the case. Um, good old Lane Kiffin heads up to the Plains to take on Auburn um, in a number 10 Ole Miss team versus number 18 Auburn Tigers. Ooh, that's close. Uh, I don't know, man. Auburn's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy to think that, too. Uh, Auburn, you know, I think I'm going to pick Auburn because I think they could have gave Georgia a way closer game than what they did. If Auburn's receivers can catch a football, I will pick Auburn in this game over Ole Miss. But that's... Ole Miss is putting up 555 yards total offense a game. That's, that's crazy. Oh, Ole Miss and Atlanta. <laughs> Auburn don't have the firepower. They don't have the firepower to keep up. And you've got to have a great defense to stop Lane. And, you know, Bama was able to do it, but not anybody else. Uh, oh, Ole Miss wins this football game. I don't know. Ole Miss has given up almost 30 points per game. Auburn's given like 19.7. But, yeah. Uh, Penn State, after uh, falling, uh, heads uh, down to or heads uh, – West to take on the Buckeyes of Ohio State. Ohio State's number five in the country right now. And, you know, they're, you know, kind of quietly staying in the mix at number five. Uh, a lot of people kind of not talking about them after their loss. Uh, what do you got? Oh, yeah. Ohio State's going to kill them. Uh, Penn State, I, I watched that game last week, and, yeah, I'm just not impressed. Uh, Ohio State's going to win by 30 points. 30 points. Okay. Yep. Okay. Let's see if there's any other big ones uh, around. Uh, honestly, look like it's, it's like Kentucky has the state, Mississippi State. That should be an easy win. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Mike Mike Leach has ate a lot of candy and has fired up. Uh, <laughs> Some gummy bears, man. I mean, the man named off like every Halloween candy out there. Didn't know if it was, you know, a grown man or if it was my four-year-old over here, you know, talking about – Give me this. Give me this gummy. Give me this gummy. Give me this gummy. Oh, just I like candy corn. Oh, I like this chocolate. You like any candy, Mike. Just go ahead and admit it. It's okay. Hey, there is actually a good ACC game, Florida State and Clemson. <laughs> Who wins that? That's battle? right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, that's at Clemson, right? Or is that down in Tally? It looks like it at Clemson. Is. Yeah. At Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. At Clemson. Uh, what you got? Oh, that's tough, man. Clemson's fell off a little bit. Uh, that, that, it's just tough. It's so tough. I will say Clemson will win it with their defense. I, I just don't see their offense doing much, but I think they'll win it with their defense. But it is Florida State, so I'm picking Clemson. Clemson is 202nd in the country on offense, 332 yards per game. That's insane. I think Clemson still wins, um, but I think it's a lot closer. Um, another game that's, you know, got some attention a little bit, uh, Miami and Pitt. Pitt's number 17 in the country. Oh, yeah. I'm picking Pitt, baby. Pitt. Yeah. Miami stinks. Pitt. Miami sucks. At Pitt. Yeah, Pitt's got this game. So That turnover uh, chain is fool's gold, man. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see uh, where that goes. Well, man, it's, uh, it's Florida Georgia week. It's always a good week. Uh, we'll be back Sunday, and we'll, uh, we'll recap, break it all down, and get ready for uh, Carolina up in uh, Carolina. So, uh it's going to be a big one. It'll be interesting to kind of see where things go. Um, quarterback play this week, it, you know, you're at a crossroads of a program right now, and we'll see where things go this week. Yeah, we will. And Spivey, you've had a big smile on your face this whole podcast, and I know why, because your Braves are in the World Series. And right now, since we're recording it here tonight, they're 1-0. Fixing to start right. playing here in a few. So uh, 
Maybe hey, one and oh, good. I was there for game uh, for game six of the uh, NLCS. By far the, the best atmosphere I've ever seen in my life. So uh, yeah, you know, listen, we're we're gonna break the curse for the Georgia, uh, the state of Georgia, not uh, doing it. So we're gonna break it, but then it's uh, it's not gonna start back up for the Braves, but it's gonna continue for the Bulldogs. So uh, let's uh, let's have a good one. Let's have Florida, or let's have yeah, Florida because Florida will play first. Have Florida take down Georgia, and then uh, the Braves can can take care of business later on Saturday night in Game Three, and state of Georgia can be okay. That's it. I love it, man. And and you before we before we get into this podcast, got to get it from you. What's your prediction for the Florida Georgia game? Yeah, I mean, uh, what's the thing here? Let me uh, let me look back here. What what's the uh, fourteen what's point the spread? spread? It's still fourteen. Yeah, fourteen for Georgia. Um, I'm gonna say, man, everything tells me not to pick the spread. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Florida covers the fourteen. Uh, I don't. I don't think that Mullen gets himself blown out of this game. I think Georgia pulls it out late, but I don't think it's a fourteen-point game. Florida wins twenty-seven twenty-four. You heard it here first. Okay. I will. Uh, I will go twenty twenty-four seventeen Georgia. That's what I'm gonna go with. I think it's a closer game. I, again, I. Grantham's had two weeks to to hear all of it, and I don't know that even a shutout against Georgia would would change people's mind on what it is. Um, but you can redeem I, I think a that, bit. I, I think things can get a little bit better. And um, again, I, I I think Georgia has a little bit more firepower. Um, but anything can happen in this game, man. Anything they don't cover, I don't think they cover. Okay. All right. Well. If uh, Grantham has a, a good showing, he can get a, a moral victory because he's probably still out the door at the end of the year. But uh, for Andrew Spivey, you got anything else? No, I think that's it. Got an exciting week, and uh, basketball starts uh, next week as well. So we're, uh, we're excited about that with our man Eric. And, uh, yeah, things are getting going, so it's uh, it's always good. And, uh, you know, you're, the season's getting down to it, so enjoy the last few games. That's right. Basketball coming up here in November and baseball also on the horizon for us Florida Gator fans out here that are probably getting sick and tired of watching the football team unless they could upset the Georgia Bulldogs here in Jacksonville. But that'll wrap it up, folks, for this episode of the GatorCountry.com podcast. You can follow me at GC on Twitter, and you can follow Andrew Spivey at GC on Twitter as well. That'll wrap it up, folks, for this episode of the GatorCountry.com podcast. Go Gators.